0: The Scottish Rugby Podcast was recorded before our live Facebook audience. Hello and welcome everybody to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cami Black. It's a special podcast tonight. Um, we are broadcasting this live on Facebook. People who are on there can see our faces. God help them. Um, so you get to see... Um, oh, uh, yeah, You get to see us all rolling our eyes at each other, which, which you don't normally get to see. <laughs> um, this is a test for our... Uh, so that kind of dress rehearsal, we're doing it this week, and then we're going to do it the week after uh, again just a bit of a dress rehearsal for our big club dinner on the 24th of July at 8.30 p.m., where we're going to have uh, speeches from guest speakers. Uh, We've got Scott Hastings, Dougie Donnelly, podcast legend that he is. Um, We've got Holly Davidson, international referee. We've got Scotland national winger, Rona Lloyd. And we've also got Squidge Rugby joining us as well. A couple of other people possibly um, might be joining us as well, but we'll, we'll announce that as we get those confirmed. However... Joining me this evening, um, although you're on Facebook, you'll be able to see their faces and their names and everything. But joining me this evening, we've got I've got three people with me. First up, I'm going as people appear on my screen, we've got John Anderson.
1: Good evening, folks.
0: Sandy Smith. Good evening all. And Ian Hay.
2: Hello, I think I was last to join the party, so that's probably why I'm at the end.
0: Well, you 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 didn't test your audio, did you?
2: No, I did, it just wasn't working profit have you
0: have, have you turned a filter on ian because you look like i've got a pencil effect on no, you uh, i mean
2: i'm just the palest human being in the universe and also the only sort of light source is the window uh i've got some sort of bay windows and that's right in front of me
0: all oh, um, right i thought you turned was on, some even paler on
2: that that you know that radio what's it called radio news
0: hub oh yeah you were on like a live ra- you were like a live radio though they told you it was radio uh, and then you had to turn up and be on video
2: yeah i that's a good, good thing i like got washed because i was bogging
0: um, <laughs> i think you can't smell down you can't smell you can't smell over the telly <laughs> i know but i just
2: i just looked bogging you know when you look at somebody you're like i bet he's i reek a cheese um yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's my third demeanor yeah Although I, I think i would have be been more cigarette butts and um even though i don't smoke i just look like i smell like fag ends and cans of lager
0: i, I would make it sandy do you want a chip in there with a joke about people from glasgow are you are we just gotta let that one go
3: I can't really when it comes down to it because I'm I come from even further west at the end of the, at the end of the day. So, um, <laughs> oh, it's all I'm, coming out now. Oh, Splattery. Yeah. I've told you this before. I'm I'm Campbelltown man originally. Oh, so uh, it, it's only it's only John I think that's further west than me. To, to be, to be. You don't get much further west than Campbelltown. <laughs> no, no, you do not.
0: Um. So. Um. We are going to have a bit of a mop up tonight of news because we haven't done a news podcast for a while. We've been kind of going back into history to try and ignore the fact that the present day is even happening. Um, but as we've been away, there've been lots of uh, things happening in the world of Scottish rugby and a bit further afield. So we thought we'd have a wee bit of a of a mop up. Um, we'll, we'll start with the pro teams first. Um, Sandy, I'll come to you first. And Ember, where, Ember, I've done a lot of business, I would say. Um, over, over lockdown, yeah. they, they've, they've fairly bolstered the squad, are you kind of happy with the way the squad's shaping up?
3: Yeah, I mean it, it, it's been I mean to be fair it's actually hard to, to keep up with the number of signings that have actually come in I've just got a fly, just crawl across my screen um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> live on Facebook uh, but um, obviously the only kind of takeaway is the, is the situation at Standoff where uh, with John O'Lance not getting to join f- from for visa problems, so probably has left us quite light there. Although everybody's kind of happy that um, uh, that uh, young Mr. Chamberlain's going to get more of a more of a chance because we've really only got two two tens at the club, which which is not bad because I think um, uh, we're we're pretty strong in other positions. I think.
0: Yeah, um, Glasgow. Um, I don't know who to start with here. John, we'll go with you. Um, there's been a, a wee bit of a. I mean, the the big news was Leonie Nakarawa signing for another yep. season. I mean, that's that's good news, I guess. But it, it it plugs a wee hole, but it it's not. There's still gaps all over the squad at the minute, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I think I think I was I was trying to look at this uh, the other day, and when Nakarawa re-signed. and obviously there's a lot of. Um, noise about the lack of signings at Glasgow and a lot of people leaving the club. Um, The fact is we've signed a 60 cap British and Irish line. We've signed a world player of the year um, in positions that Glasgow have, we we have historically struggled a wee bit, particularly in the many years our our forward pack wasn't up to scratch. Um, And, I was kind of trying to understand what Danny Wilson's doing, and there's money to be spent in those forwards, and yeah, we're going to have to maybe make do a wee bit in the backs. We've got a lot of talented backs there already. Obviously, there's a news today, uh, sorry yesterday, um, Rufus McLean being signed as a back three cover. Um, so I think we always forget that you know it's a finite budget and it has to has to be spread. And we have a lot of talented backs already, so spend, spending a bit of money up front isn't a bad idea.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ian, it's interesting. Jason O'Halloran, we alluded to the interview he gave with Jamie Lyle on Rugby Pass uh, last week, I think, when we were talking about um, some of the comments he'd made around the budget for Scottish teams. And he he was kind of saying, you know, better to, his view was certainly invest in youth and bring through young players rather than going for a, you know, a, A past it southern hemisphere
2: import, yeah. A lot of time it was kind of like, um, if if you're buying a new TV, you know, Sony's going to cost you more than a a different make, even though it's made in the same factory. Um, so it just seemed to be that, and Dave Rennie said the same thing at uh, a a fan uh, meeting towards the end of last year when they'd looked to replace Hogg. They were just like, with the budget, um, we didn't find anyone that you know in their black book of contacts they didn't find anyone who was going to improve the club to a significant standard given to given to what they were looking at spending um, like John said well obviously you know we've got this current, uh, current crisis um, which is damaging the economy um, I think there would have been possibly more activity had that not occurred but there's a huge amount of players left and it's more the sort of makeup of the squad more than anything. I think you know think. it's unbalanced. We've got five hookers, um, <laughs> and only and two locks. We've got three locks now on the books because Karen McDonald's not signed up. But you know there's Nakarawa, Richie Gray, and uh, Scott Cummings. Um, so you know uh, Rob Harley can fill in. But then you've got a back row that to fill, uh, and obviously Matt, Matt Smith's surprise retirement. Yeah, um, has certainly rocked the boat a bit. Both um, colleague going as well. So that only leaves. Tom Gordon and Fizarro is um, sort of recognised open sides.
0: The the big rumour going, been kicking around for a while now, no one's been able to substantiate this, is that Luke Crosby's coming.
2: Yeah, I've heard that rumour. Um, obviously, you know, Edinburgh are very well stacked, even with the, the loss of John Barkley, they're very well stacked in that back row. Richie, Watson, Mata, Bradbury, um, all class acts, even Nick Haining as well, who's who's been uh, recently Scotland capped. Um, and Crosby's just not getting game time the same problem. Smith, Matt Smith was having the same problem. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see if Crosby does move across. Obviously, you know, there's, like I said, the, you know, the finances aren't, aren't what they would have been. Um, so it might, might be a sort of suitably budgetable alternative.
0: There, there was an interesting thing um, in terms of the current climate, Sandy, on um, on Rugby Pass this weekend. It was again, it was Jamie Lyle interviewing Matt Scott, and it was interesting that. I, can't, I think this speaks more about the SIU than it does Edinburgh Rugby because I don't think it was an Edinburgh Rugby decision that that he'd there was a contract offer on the table to him and he him and his agent believed that they'd been given, you know, months to, to mull it over, and his whole thing was um he was going to accept. He'd just been told he had the time to look at it, and then when they went back, they were told it no longer existed and there'd never been an offer on the table in the first place. And then he phones after that, phones Richard Cochrane and says, I will stay you know whatever budget you've got but that budget's gone I think on that point of John O'Lance and you know obviously the budget then probably came back but it was too late at that point but I mean is that it was I mean he you disappointed to lose Scott?
3: It was probably the biggest I mean it was a, it, it was starting to look likely because Edinburgh had tied up almost everybody else that they wanted to keep fairly early on in the, uh, in, the in the campaign and so and Scott and uh, Simon Hickey were the kind of two that that you weren't reading or hearing anything about, and then it. So it wasn't a huge surprise. However, and it's, it's a big loss. Um, I think, but I can only suspect that as the time as time's gone on, that that, um, that they've they taken a wee look to see well, you know, how often does he does he play? Is he injured a bit? Is he um, you know can we get? Given that the budget is tighter, can we get somebody in who might be able to do as good a job, or your, know, or as the, the likes of George Taylor stepping up, and we don't necessarily need to spend um, the big box that Matt Scott would would command? Um, I, I, you know, you're right. He did. I, I read that that, um, that he, he more or less told uh, Corporal that he would stay for whatever they were going to pay him. But I think perhaps by that point there was no money. For what, I, for what i can gather that, that was it was they'd already they they'd probably already spoke to i mean the two incoming centres, obviously the uh the, the matt gordon and the young lad from south africa um they'll not be on anything like the money that matt scott would have been on um so perhaps it's just a case of well if, if we don't have to spend on matt scott's wages we can keep all the somebody else maybe not have to lose them. I mean the thing about Crosby is actually I've I've heard that, I've, I've read about it, I've been told about it, and it's I've not seen anything happen in that regard. I'm starting to wonder, given the amount of time and we're not that far away now before we, the, the games resume, whether that is actually happening and whether that was perhaps one of the things that um, has come out of the Matt Scott situation, of a wee bit more money to be able to keep them. Um, I understand the talk about you know getting game time. I think he played I mean, I know it was an unusual season with the World Cup and all the rest of it, but I think he played something like um I think I looked at the other about eighty percent or something in those games this, this last season. Um quite, it was it, he was involved in a lot, World Cup year accepted, but um yeah, it, 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 George Taylor I think is shaping up to be um a match Scott replacement and I think we're We've got um, a adequate cover, and I think that's perhaps where it's come from. It's just well, he's on big bucks. We we need to bring folk in. Um, so the budget's been squeezed, and unfortunately, Matt's been the one that's been pushed to one side.
0: Yeah, I mean the big thing, um, and and John, I'll come to you on this. The 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 other big talking point, and it's been Richard Cockrell, been talking about this more than I think coming out of Danny Wilson. But you assume that this is universal now across the SRU in terms of the approach that the pro teams squads are going to be streamlined. I think is the polite way of putting it. And Cockrell's talking more the using the Super Six more. That's going to be the gateway in. Is I mean is that given what Goddy Reid said recently that it's it's just not it's not even at the standard of the English Championship. Is that a viable solution or or given everything that's going on, should it be back to the drawing board in terms of Super 6?
1: So I think this um, is necessary. Um, I don't think in any world, I think if the SRU had a choice, they would prefer it not to be so. However, the circumstances being the way they are and they also have the the added complication of the super six needs to be proven to do something so they've invested money in the super six they obviously it's it's had its starts it's had its controversies already but they need to be showing that there's a a reason for it to exist um because all the other countries in the pro 14 are doing something different they're doing they're doing a different route to expose people, you know, second, third tier players to uh, professional rugby or a level of professional rugby. And we are doing something different. So I think the SRU really have quite a vested interest in making sure that the Super Six gets every opportunity to succeed. And I think that's, that's fair. Um, had the situation that's happening just now with finances not been the case, I'm not sure that it would have been quite as comprehensive Um, particularly today with the, I think today the announcement, they they said about the alignment of the players and um, Jim Mallander was saying it's probably the closest that the players are going to be aligned to those clubs uh, that we've ever seen. They're going to be able to train with them professionally throughout their time in the academy. So that's the next step of this. And I think they're going to come to a, a time, maybe a year from now, two years from now, where you see how many of these people, that are playing Super 6 just now and are aligned to clubs, how many of them are going to graduate to the pro clubs? That'll be the big test of the Super 6. It's fine for Gordy Reid to say, you know, it's no good enough for me or it's, you know, the level isn't quite right, but it's in its infancy and we we forget, you know, we, we talk a lot about players coming in, Matt Scott's on decent money at Edinburgh, but wanting to play for whatever. you've got, You've always got to create these opportunities for players to come through. And whilst Glasgow's kind of resembled a bit of a retirement home recently, we've still, you know, we've moved on Finn Russell, Adam Hastings come in. We've previously moved on Nicaragua. You've got Cummings, you've got Gray, you've got people like that coming to the floor. We need to create these spaces. There's only, there's only 23 spaces in a match day squad. We need to create these spaces for guys to play. So I'm not, it's always disappointing to lose an international or lose a, you know, a, a great player. But it's what comes next that's important.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a rumour going around that um, the Southern Knights have written to all the clubs in the borders asking for uh, help because um, Melrose may know... Well, Melrose have their own difficulties. I mean, they've announced the day that they've cancelled their Sevens tournament. They're asking people to donate the cost of the ticket that they've paid back to the club to help the running costs or to defer the ticket till next year rather than asking for a refund. Um I don't think Southern Knights have been universally popular within Murrose as a club either. And one of the suggestions is that Southern Knights have written to the other clubs in the borders and asking for for help and support and to make it more of a regional side. Given, I mean, I suppose it, it speaks to the current climate. I mean, do you do you think it's maybe? From my point of view, I think maybe now is the time to to look at it from scratch and say, do you go regional? I suppose rather than these franchises that were arbitrarily set up.
2: Um, well, in regional, you know, you'd only up with a Super 4 if it was just regional. (laughs) True. um, And then... Well, you could, you're doing yourself a
0: disservice and you could have two in Glasgow and two in Edinburgh.
2: Two in Glasgow. I
0: know.
2: (laughs) We didn't even get one one the last time. It's Um, uh, a What you need to remember, I can't remember actually where I saw it. I was looking up there while John was speaking. I was listening also, John. Uh, But, um, you know, Super 6 only got... It didn't even get a full season. Uh, it barely got four months of a run-in. And I don't think we were going to see any fruits of the, the labour for a year or two. Um, Godfrey said, you know, that um, for the backs it was fine. And this article, I can't remember who it was that said and it. It's annoying me. Uh, it said that sort of ball and play time was pretty high. And sort of uh, looking at GPS stats, um, they were nearly on a par in terms of like distance-covered, uh, tackles me that kind of thing uh, with the pros. Um but Godreed's main concern was in the tight five and scrummaging um where obviously you know you've got some mm-hmm. bigger brutish sorts who've been doing it for a while. Um if the knights are struggling financially then you really have to wonder about um w are, are you right to award in the franchise was that the right way to go obviously you know they would have been banking on a lot of money from the Melrose sevens which is um, now not coming to pass. Uh, but, I mean, can you imagine any of the rivals, border Borders rivals genuinely want to help them out? I can't see it. That's how a lot of people think that the border rivals folded was because, you know, the, the sort of inter-town rivalry was so high, it's like, I'm not going over there to watch them in that stadium kind of talk, you know. Uh, so, but where did you see this rumour about Melrose asking?
0: Um, uh, someone messaged me about it.
2: Right. To suggest, I think. Um, I
0: mean, I think there's got. I think there's something to it because they've written to all the clubs in the borders. Is, is my under, Is my understanding? Mm-hmm. I think.
2: Right. So would, could could they apply for the one of the hardship grants, or was it only prem and
0: downwards? I think it was only prem downwards. I think it's only amateur game that could apply for. So Melrose would be entitled to. I think, in fact, the, the, when Melrose are talking about the sevens today, they've said that they, you know, the furlough scheme and the hardship grants have pretty much helped keep the club going and keep them afloat I don't think because i think technically southern knights would be a separate entity altogether and whether or not i think there's you know when times are hard if if the, if southern knights haven't been a, a popular within melrose itself as a as a venture then you know it's hard to persuade people to to stump up money if you know the club itself going under which i suppose comes back to the thing if the. If if the if you'd managed to this is the it's borders rugby shooting in itself in the foot again if the, if the, if you'd managed to get some sort of buy-in from everybody to go together as it for a regional team which would have made sense in the borders a regional representative side rather than Gala and Melrose putting in separate competing bids there might have been something in that but that re, you know that relies on people putting self interest to one side and and working for the common good which is probably why as you know Jason O'Halloran was <laughs> alluded to in his interview that you know that that's one of the big issues in the borders you can point the finger at the SRU being and concentrating on the private schools all you want, but if you can if you haven't got clubs working together or willing to work together to form regional representative sides, then it's it's you know, they're on to they die. Yeah, exactly. So
1: is it the Southern Knights you're a fan of, Ian? Uh, which, which uh, yeah. one is that the one you were uh, accused of being a fanboy?
2: No, no, it's um it was their opponents, Watsonians. <laughs> um even though I said that even though I said that the Southern Knights, for uh, I think it was for over an hour of the game, they were f- by far the better side. Um, but apparently, you know, I was a Watsonians fan and was giving them far too much credit. <laughs> Even though i said, you know, one guy made the difference, basically. <laughs> um, I also heard
1: you don't like Finn Russell.
2: Oh, yeah, terrible player.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Love him. <them. laughs> I'm going to get a big Finn tattoo on my back. Me and him yep. cuddling, and I love that heart. Well, whilst that not, whilst not making a monsterman. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a weeping monsterman in the background.
0: <laughs> Keith Earls on his knees.
2: Oh, it'd have to be Keith Earls. <laughs>
0: oh. um, the other new when I when I kind of was talking about doing this podcast and drawing up an agenda, I said, "Oh, let's talk about the sevens and the fact that we're potentially merging with the other teams." But the SIU then put out a statement saying that's not happening. I think I seem to have to remember this happened last time round when it was coming to the Olympics that there were meetings about how the GB setup would work and some journalist somewhere picked it up and said oh they're merging all the all the teams all the you know GB you know England Wales and and Scotland together I mean Sandy I mean sevens has been a a really good gateway I think for for Scottish young Scottish players I mean certainly Embraer I've reaped that through Darcy Graham for example I think he's he he played for at least a couple of seasons, I think, for the sevens. I know there's a video somewhere of, of Hamish Watson, a fresh-faced Hamish Watson, coming through the sevens as well early on. So it's it would seem daft to get rid of it as a as as a side altogether, especially given the history.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly seems that Scotland used the sevens program not necessarily with a, with the objective of trying to win every tournament that they enter. I mean, they want to. Don't get me wrong. But it's more a tool to give guys an opportunity to, to um, pick up some skills that they may be short with, something to do that um, they, if they need to go somewhere and you know decision making, whatever it happens to be. Uh, uh, because there's been a few that have gone away for maybe like two or three tournaments and come back. Um, uh, you know, Ali Miller, I think, one that falls into that category. So there's a um, and I like the way that Scotland uses this programme. I mean, obviously, we would want to win as many tournaments, particularly like tweaking them as we can. But um, I think, given that you know, we've only got two pro sides, to be able to give guys um, uh, an opportunity to play at that level, um, if they can't quite get into the into the, uh, in the Edinburgh and Glasgow, um, is pretty good. I mean, you're right, Darcy Graham, I mean, James Johnson spent quite a lot of time at uh, Scotland servants and is now um, the, obviously, not quite first pick, first pick at Edinburgh, but, you know, he's there or there about. Uh, Jamie Farndale's now specifically of an Edinburgh player, so, you know, these guys have spent time back and forwards, it's, it's definitely been of uh, value to, to both that. Uh, I think I'm not sure how many have come back to Glasgow, but certainly for, for Edinburgh anyway.
0: Yeah, and, and, and John, I mean, does it, does it matter that Scotland kind of, you know, once every three, four years, throw up a surprise? Or, or is it kind of the, I suppose, the, the big game experience and being on tour and, you know, everything that surrounds that. Is that more important, do you think, for player development?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think absolutely. I, I I think sevens is a really useful tool when used in the right method. And to, to Sandy's point, Glasgow have had plenty of players use the sevens circuit as well, eh, particularly for game time. And I know... I remember when, I think it was Blair Kinghorn was having a, a bit of a crisis of confidence towards the end of a season at Edinburgh, they used the sevens to just get him back on the field, get 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 his confidence back. So I think it's funny because we always have this thing with uh, Scotland in that we, we always joke about how professionalism kind of took us by surprise and we, it took us 20 years to catch up. But I think we're one of the best at using the sevens in a, as a development tool. Um, and, you know, we, we, we're not going to win every tournament we've not you know even if we put out our best seven sevens team every week we wouldn't win the, the world series that's that's just the way it is but we use it to develop players and you, you look at george horn played a couple of games at the sevens tore, tore, tore the place apart comes back and uh, goes into a glasgow team and it's tearing up trees and hasn't stopped since so we use it in a very creative way and i think um it's a worthwhile investment. And I think obviously the last time this was talked about the SRU, were talking about defunding the sevens um, and it was obviously decided that it was worth, worth the money that's spent on it. And I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's a great tool.
0: Defund the sevens. That sounds like a, a, a misbegotten Twitter hashtag.
1: <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't put my actual
0: Twitter hashtag on. So I just, uh, yeah. I Defund to, to... the sevens. Um... Ian, it's—I mean—you do wonder with, with with the finance of it all. I know it didn't go particularly well for America, but it's a shame that we've lost the sevens as part. We, we lost the leg of the sevens in Scotland because, you know, it's a, it's three days. It's a big event. You get—I think—you probably have a lot more popularity. You certainly did well at the Commonwealth Games. You think it's something that the SIU should be looking at to try to get it back in Scotland?
2: Yeah, especially as it's such a fast-growing sport, I Did not say it was sort of, I, say, uh, I think women's rugby is obviously something like the fastest-growing sport in the world in terms of participants, and sevens rugby on its own, especially after the Olympics exposure, um, you know, it's, uh, it's it's definitely growing, um, and it's it's something that the, the the neutral, well, not maybe not the neutral, but somebody who's looking to get into rugby can enjoy, because let's be honest, sometimes test rugby can be a bit of a dirge. Just an absolute, you know, like, look at the Wales South Africa um, World Cup semi-final. Some people enjoyed it. I thought it was tedious as hell. It was just booting it back and forward, looking for territory, waiting for a mistake. Whereas this is, you know, fun, fast, rapid. My brother, uh, my brother's not a rugby fan in any shape or form, but he went to the, the Sunday of the Commonwealth Sevens and he said he absolutely loved it. Um, but fortunately, we got it to, even though... We were the developers of the game. or <laughs> Rugby thought they'd get, oh, well, we can get more money out of having a leg in Qatar, yeah. so they planned it. Um, but against just chasing the dollar, I think it was a, a bit of a slap in the face, to be honest. Well, I think it's
0: interesting because I think the the LA Sevens have pretty much bankrupted rugby Rugby USA <laughs> alone. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's probably, I would imagine they'd be happy to give a leg up. And it's not like we haven't got the infrastructure to do it. You've got, you know, Murrayfield yeah. could easily host it. It's you know and and Murrayfield lends itself to sevens because of the large i know we've got the there's the mini field being built on where you normally have the back pitches but from a, a structural point of view of having the the ground around it that people could come into like a compound rather than a stadium it certainly lends itself to to that kind of day out john
1: yeah i think I think so um i think did they host the they hosted the sevens once at yeah. Murrayfield it
0: was the oh, yeah. it was the walk was it the first sevens world cup they held at Murrayfield i think in the nineties
3: I remember being there for sevens, so but I can't remember what
0: the tournament was. Why, why was that, Sandy? <laughs> I, was, I, was,
3: I was sober, but uh, I, strangely enough, the only thing I can remember is about French players throwing their
1: socks into the crowd after
2: the match. About grabbing
1: up. I catch that. But uh, but certainly, having went to the sevens at Scottsdale, it was it was and I, I, the party atmosphere it was absolutely brilliant and there was people like you say people who weren't into rugby or didn't follow 15s rugby who went along or got a ticket for it and just had a cracking day out and you know as Ian says sometimes 15s isn't that accessible especially with the amount of money it costs to go to a test match now so how do you get people along well these these wee we are events are are a good good gateway.
0: yeah um speaking of um events or larger i suppose the flip side that is the larger events in the autumn tests is the there's not much come out of Scotland, I don't think in the s i u there's the r f u have kind of said a couple of things the big news i think was that the top fourteen teams have approved uh or given the go ahead certainly to six tests in the autumn for France. Um, in principle, I don't think the, the fixtures are set in stone yet. Um, the the kind of rumours that are going round is that World Rugby are about to give permission for a Northern Hemisphere eight team tournament, which would allow the the, the six teams in the Six Nations to finish off that tournament, and would also then feature game uh, teams. Uh, the I think would feature Japan and Fiji, because Australia and New Zealand can't even travel at the minute. Um, Argentina. I don't know what the situation in Argentina is, but I assume I assume likewise they're not they're not about to jump on a plane uh, over here or, or whether or not that they're allowed to come over here. But it's uh, eight games sounds like a lot when there's a see a domestic season to finish. But at the same time, Ian, it's uh, you know we we need the money, and even if you're not going to have fans in Murrayfield, the the broadcasting money alone is going to be welcomed.
2: Yeah, but I mean, how's this format going to work? Because they're still talking about finishing off the six nations, which would mean, you know, each team's got a game to finish off. Um, and then, was it Japan and Fiji?
0: Japan and Fiji.
2: Right. So they're basically being asked because <laughs> the SRU and the, all the other nations are like, we can't get the All Blacks and the Australians. Quick, we'll ask someone else. And they're like, who, who needs the money? The Fijians, they're cheap. Uh, the, the Japanese will ask them. They, they enjoyed the World Cup. Rugby still on a high there. Um, I, I don't see how you can fit that many Test matches, and also they wouldn't be Test matches. Would be the people are still warming up. You know, it's uh, yeah. I, I, I see it as a as a non-starter. Um, I mean, even with would, people wouldn't be that interested. I don't think television viewing figures are that high. I don't think. Uh, broadcasters, we'd be looking to snap your hand off to to show some semi-fit professional test rugby, <laughs> which has nothing at stake. Um So yeah, I, I'm not into this. I don't no. think it's, uh, no. finish off the Six Nations, maybe get another couple of matches, in. I don't know. Have a have a Scotland England match because people are interested in stuff like Scotland England matches basically everyone wants to be England so just have like England playing matches every week until they get beat Um
0: <laughs> and tie them out for the Six Nations in 2021
2: absolutely yeah
0: yeah. To be fair, I think
2: the RFU a few would be
0: up for that as long as they got money. <laughs> I mean, they're
1: they're they're
2: about the pre- gaz- gazillion in debt just now. This is the Premiership clubs would throw their hat throw it, ah you about it. It's fine. It, Eddie they, Jones
0: will sort them out. I would say they're on the brink of bankruptcy anyway, so <laughs> 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 they won't have any contracted
2: players. <laughs> but Leicester, there's there's five major players at Leicester who are basically refusing to trade at the moment, and Ellis Genge is amongst them. Yeah, um, so their contract situation is. Well, they've been asked to take further pay cuts, and they're not signing. Genge, no.
1: is, Genge is moving, though, isn't he? He's, he's, he's Bristol. Uh, he's he's uh, signed for Bristol. Bristol, Geng... I thought.
2: Yeah. No, is that not Sinclair? Might be Sinclair.
0: I thought Ellis Genge had signed for somebody that wasn't.
2: It was on Rugby Pass the day I thought Kyle Eastman was one of the names as well. George Ford was uh, mentioned. So it was like yeah. some pretty big name players. Who would I, sign a contract?
0: Bristol Bears Leicester outbid by Leicester for Ellis Genge. There you go. That's where I got it from. Um, so yeah, he was he uh, yeah he signed for um, he signed for Leicester, but he was, he was the, the the Bristol Bears were in from there. That's where I got confused about it. So yeah, um, Sandy, I mean, is this is this? I a, a start a few. I mean, international rugby brings in big money, but I mean that I think they were talking about at one point if even if the Scottish government will allow them people into Murrayfield. You're looking at, I think, about thirty thirty five thousand 35,000 socially distanced, but then that relies on, you're talking, that's in an ideal world of people turning up in twos, yeah. like some sort of giant Noah's Ark in the middle of uh, the, the West End of Edinburgh, <laughs> fans walking two by two, two metres apart, staying two metres apart the entire game. It, it doesn't seem workable from a fan point of view, but from a broadcast point of view, is it worth it? I mean, it just depends
3: where they get paid, but I mean, you would have to think that, you know, the full, a full.
0: Oh, Sandy's paused.
3: Occupying every part Bails. of it rather than require stewarding for every part of it, so the stewarding costs are not going to be less for for thirty thousand than a seventy thousand stadium than there will be for you know, than a, for a thirty thousand stadium because you're just, you are just if you're opening every bit of it, we I mean, potentially when when Edinburgh played there, you know, there's five, six, ten thousand people. They, they could be sitting all over the stadium, but they don't open most of it because. If you open it, you've got to steward it. Um, my biggest issue is just when it's going to be played. I mean, you're looking at um, the, the quarterfinals of the high, Heineken the high Cup uh, end of September. Um, you're looking at the final not until the middle of October. And then uh, it's to um, restart again in the other end of December. So, I mean, it's not leaving an awful lot of time if it. Um, international rugby it? It, 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 the two things can coexist. I've done it in the past, but it, you know, it diminishes one or the other. And I suppose you're right; it's the, the international stuff's where the money is when I mean, it comes right down to it. But it just it's a, it it seems it's an awful lot of rugby in a very short space of time. is the bottom line: trying to get it all in that in that gap and and allow and not. I, mean, I know the players are a bit blown rest just now, but you know. You're still asking them to play a lot of rugby in a fairly concentrated uh, period, and a lot of high-pressure rugby as well, because you're looking at you know, potentially the you know the final stages of the Pro 14, the final stages of the Heineken Cup, uh, and um, and then also international rugby. It's not like the start of the season, but you know it's not quite as as tight,
0: you know. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, do you think we'll see any international rugby on this side of Christmas? Um,
1: get my crystal ball out of here. In all honesty, no, I don't think we will. Um, I think the possibility of getting organised enough to have international competition that supporters can attend, which you know, in in all. In all honesty, the only reason they would put these things on is if we can get a decent number of fans to attend. You know, there's no point in putting it on. As Sandy says, even with thirty thousand, there's probably no point in putting it on, with um, the costs involved. So, I think you're going to have to get to a situation where you're quite clear of the majority of restrictions before you get international rugby again. Club rugby is a bit different. You know, obviously the the club game the the amounts involved are smaller and, and people can um you know there's there's less less of an interest let's say um for, apart from us a us lot but um but obviously we're interested in the club game as well just to be clear you know yeah, just, the, to, just the, to get to get that in we were accused <laughs> we were accused on uh, the offside
0: line of not being interested in the club game because we uh, somebody took one look at the, at the blog and um and and decided that there were too many, too much pro rugby on there, and not enough club rugby. But of course, we're interested. Yeah,
2: in accused the... of a lot of things on the offside line. Remember, I'm i both a Hawks and the Watsonians fan.
0: You are, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a good mix.
3: <laughs> that's, that's a hat that's hard to wear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'll bring out your peely wally po- complexion, you know. <laughs> what you mean? like this webcam, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> And of course we're interested in the, the club game because that's where the pro players come from. But um Yeah, not private schools.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Um no sensible answer, no no international rugby before Christmas, I think.
2: Yeah, I think the the issue, like one of the things with the club game, uh, what Dodson was saying, is like at least with the pro players, they can monitor them because they are SRU mm-hmm. employees club players they're having to go to work and all that so they could be you know i mean this could just be a the club game could be a peat free dish for coronavirus (laughs) you know um i think international wise i think they might try and force the six nations through then potentially they could be like oh let's throw a doddy weird cup game in because they still need to do a doddy Weir cup Mm. game so they might have a return fixture with wales um but with like you know maybe with very limited um, see, I mean, did you see this thing about how they were maybe going to have a thousand people at uh, one of the Glasgow Edinburgh games? How yeah. do you how do you pick the one thousand people? And also, that would be crap. You've got a thousand people in a sixty-seven thousand-seater stadium. Right, uh, standard Edinburgh game, mate. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good tournament for them. Uh, Does that
3: include dogs?
0: check <laughs> the numbers,
3: you guys. <laughs> See, it's not that's so not
2: the case. Yeah, uh, your average is only good because we bring so many fans over twice a year. All right,
3: because uh,
1: SRU forces to come over <laughs> twice a year. Taking
3: more time this year. <laughs> <laughs> I know your your
1: average uh, average attendance next time out will be absolutely amazing when you're hosting both Glasgow and Edinburgh games.
0: All right. <laughs> um. I mean it's it's certainly gonna be interesting. I think I think you're probably right, Ian. I think you probably will see something, but I think it's it's more gonna be uh no fans or very limited fans in empty stadiums a bit like with the football minute. I'm kind of I'm waiting to I'm wait biding my time waiting for an opportunity to sponsor one of these uh faces in the crowds. Yeah, clout, yeah. I think I've, oh, i I think that's, there's a lot of uh, scope for that. I think I think if, if between us we could I thought between us and our listeners, if we could just have an entire stadium filled with Doogie Dunleys. <laughs> I think would absolutely be absolutely amazing. The same photo. Right.
1: Would, it, would it be that one from the that you had would, on Twitter? Uh,
0: it would be. Aye. Beautiful. I beautiful.
3: If you saw there was a, pro- I think somebody at the SRU proposing that perhaps we could have uh, we could have drive-in rugby in the same way as drive-in cinemas. Everybody would just turn up in the car park at Murrayfield
2: and sit in their car and watch the game from the big screen. Yeah, as long as they bring like you know they've got burgers and stuff like that. coming. Uh, I Need to buy a Range Rover just for the just for the
3: purpose.
0: (laughs) I think I think anybody anybody can afford to uh, drive to to the park on the back pitches in Murrayfield probably would need a Range Rover, Sandy. And i should just give a shout out thank you to everybody that's uh tuned in this evening we we have got um alan mcdonald um long-term listener and once guest on the podcast during our um band episode is he, was tuning in earlier i don't know if alan's still there but hello to alan he said he loves loving the studio Cami. uh if anyone is watching us we're coming to the end of the podcast so if you've got any you can literally ask us anything i've got the i'm looking now at the uh comment section if anyone wants to ask us a question doesn't matter how ridiculous uh by all means ask us a question in the comments and so long as it's as so long as it's uh, suitable to be read right out, um although we are after the watershed give, it,
2: give us the unsuitable ones as well. I uh, go oh, on, I'll edit i
0: out, out for the would, podcast going live.
2: I was just gonna ask if your uh,
1: curtains
0: were uh, based on a Weatherspoons <laughs> carpet, can <cammy. laughs> <laughs> 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 That's a fair comment. I don't uh, my curtains are marginally better than a weather carpet. Not by much.
2: Did they, the uh the <laughs> do, do the do the, the curtains match the carpet there,
0: Cammy? <laughs> I'd have to lift I'd have to lift lift the laptop up to show you, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not risking it. Um we'll move swiftly on anyway. Um one we'll, we'll I was gonna do I think we'll we'll skip hands in the rock. I'm gonna do the big talking point. The um the RFU are threatening to ban um well they're not threatening to ban Swing low, sweet chariot. They're going to gently, politely have a review and think about gently, politely asking people to think about not singing it anymore. Uh, there's a debate in Wales about whether or not Welsh fans should carry on singing Delilah because of the the, um, the, the fact it's essentially a song about domestic violence. Um, so that got me thinking: what what songs should we uh, consider banning in Scotland? I don't think there's anything too morally. I don't think there's anything uh, too wrong. Although what what we shout out after. Um, and stood against in Proud Edward's army, maybe needs reviewing. Um Although, potentially, in context, you're talking about the army rather than the nation, uh, the invading nation itself. Um Is there anything more? I mean, I don't think there's anything morally we need to to review, John, or is there? No, I mean, I don't think there's anything jumping out. I, I totally agree
1: with you. I think, it's again, it's interesting to see when you're at Murrayfield, the number of people adding their own lyrics to Flower of Scotland has declined significantly from, I remember being at games in the sort of late nineties and it was all encompassing. Admittedly, there only was about 20 people there. Um, But, you know, now it's not as bad. Um, And I think hopefully that continues, but I think we've, we've got quite a, we've got quite a sort of neutral, Relationship with music at rugby, you know, even again looking at the club game, both Glasgow and Edinburgh, neither of them have songs as such, and we don't really have. We've got the, you know, tunes that they put on for certain players, but there's not really anything that is kind of fixed. So I don't, I don't think we've necessarily got the problems that. Um, swing Low and I read the lyrics to Delilah the other day after reading that and I did not understand what the hoo-ha was about till
0: I read the lyrics <laughs> and then was like, oh. Yeah, okay. I don't think, I think to be fair, I don't think many anybody does because it's only ever the chorus that people sing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it's the same, you know, it's the same with Swing Low I don't think anybody, no, nobody's singing that out of malice it's just something that people always sang back in the, you know, it was a rugby song with gestures that went alongside it, I don't think anyone's singing it out of any malice or anything, it's more just in, in the current context knowing what we now what, knowing what people should mostly now know the songs are kind of you know, and that, there's nothing even wrong I don't think with Delilah, with Delilah as a song I've got a, an album of Johnny Cash murder ballads I'm not about to go and murder anybody but at the same time I'm not going to sing any of those songs live at Murrayfield during a match I'm not about to start singing Folsom Prison Blues although I might potentially uh, you know
2: I, I think we should get a rousing rendition of Hey Joe the next time by Jimi Hendrix.
1: Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Is this us making plans for our next World Cup single already, guys? Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm not singing hey I can... Joe. I think there's that 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 has got the same issues as Delilah. <laughs>
2: Very much so, yeah. <laughs> we,
0: we need not, to... the the
2: Delilah thing that had been raised a couple of years ago. I think it was twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen an anything. Carbon, Carbon James, yeah, I think it was I 'cause I, I've I've read about this last week actually when the whole swing low thing happened, and then obviously, you know, your Twitter gets slabbed with, oh, yeah, but what about Flower Scotland? It's like, that that's, doesn't necessarily, it's, it's that's, definitely that's very not- much in the past, it's also very much a sort of, that happened, but, you know, I mean, this, when people say this, uh, just the line, but we can still rise now and be a nation again, that's what I always come to, is, you know, it's, those days are past now. Yeah. Um.
0: You know, um, leave them uh, there.
2: Indeed. And it's, um, it's
0: a song about coming together as a group of people, isn't it? It's a, it's a song about, yeah. t- and, and I don't think feating I, a larger enemy I, as an underdog. Yeah, and the you know the the song is more about an invading army than the nation. It's not talking about England as a nation. It's an invading army and an invading king. I don't. England aren't mentioned once in the song, and the English aren't men- mentioned in the song at all.
3: We feel there's not a line about crushing rebellious Scots in there. Precisely,
2: like just when <laughs> Cammy had said that, as like you know, the English aren't mentioned in that, but in God save the Queen, the Scots ah. are.
3: Yep.
1: Maybe we just have to re-envisage that flora Scotland is actually about Nick Nick Greg's defensive structure, and uh, it's, it's it's all about just you know he's just going to fly out the line and he's going to smash someone. But people will get past them, and those those days will be passed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe she's an alleg- It should be an allegory for uh, hopefully Finn Russell's and Greg Townsend's continuing future relationship. Yeah, relations. the reconciliation. Those days are past now, and in the past they shall remain. <laughs> um, I, do, I mean, the only th- I think the only song I would potentially ban is Shang-A-Lang. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah Murrayfield.
2: And, uh, can I, uh, I mean, this is <laughs> going to be unpopular opinion. Go oh, on. sorry, Sandy, What's up? that?
3: Highland, Highland Cathedral, that's horrible. Just- Aye, that's
0: oh, Highland Cathedral is awful.
3: I only just realised not so long, ago it's actually written by a German. No, not that <laughs> a, you know, it's not even, you know, a Scottish song, it's... Written by a German, which seems to be strong. I think the uh,
0: lyrics, the lyrics are all new. There's not even like old uh, lyrics to it.
2: Yeah, there actually yeah. the, the wasn't lyrics. Somebody uh, made lyrics. Don't Yeah, it's just someone trying to fit it in. And oh, whenever I, whenever I hear people suggest it as an alternative anthem, I just cringe at it. I was like, oh, get it away. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the issues is that uh, <laughs> I have this strange absolute loathing of Andre Ryu. Cause I kept on, so I used to get the train at work, and I used to see him on posters, and I just like he's stupid mullet and his frilly collar. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like if it's, you, Sky Art seems to show him every week. So yep. it's just like I like flick through it all, and then he was doing Highland Cathedral one time. I was like, yeah, that's that song completely destroyed. I don't even care if Kelly Brown's singing it at my funeral. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't. I want nothing to do with it, Get it away from me.
1: I'm going to. I'm going to agree with you there. The Kelly Brown version, no matter what people say.
2: It's still
1: bowl. rubbish. It I can I still don't like it. It's crap. Get it. Wait,
2: actually, what was my, my first thing was uh, 500 miles. Get it. We've been um, in that as well. Do you I'm, know... I'm, 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 th- you know i just fucking sick of hearing it. What? <laughs> I,
0: you 500 miles, I can't get away from it. 500 miles is that there's a really... I, you know, have you all seen the episode of How I Met Your Mother with 500 miles. It's perfectly oh. encapsulated. It. It's an episode where the, 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 I, I, don't, I don't enjoy How I Met Your Mother, but there was one episode which uh, has 500 uh, miles
2: in. Guy's an ass.
0: He is. I mean, the whole <laughs> thing at the end, whereas oh, How I Met Your Mother is uh, I met her and then she died and then I went back with a woman I liked anyway. Spoilers.
2: In- interesting fact about Kobe Smulders Kobe Smulders is exactly the same age as me. She was is born she? the exact she's, same day that I was
0: She's uh, Scottish as well, isn't she? Uh,
2: she's, I thought she was Canadian. I thought you were she was no, so, in so Scotland, much more than you, Ian which is uh, going to be upsetting. But yeah. um, she, well, I'm going to have to look that up. You look that up, I'll yeah. tell you.
0: The, but so there's an episode of How I Met Your Mother where they're driving a car and the car has a tape stuck in it and that tape is fa- the single of 500 Miles. And the entire episode is they're either singing it at the top of their lungs or they're just absolutely sick of the song and it just goes in waves. That's my relationship with 500 Miles. There'll be some times <laughs> where you're like, this is this is it, boys, here we go, 500 Miles, and then the next meet, you're like, I can't, can't, stand that song. I can't listen to it anymore.
2: I was in, um, I used to hear when I, when, I worked in New Zealand, right? We had live music bands on every night, and there'd be like five of them a week would do 500 miles and ruin it. And even last year, mind how I missed the Pro 14 final because I was on holiday in America. I was in a bar in Brooklyn, karaoke night. I went out for a vape. And uh, someone starts doing 500 miles. <laughs> I start talking to the bouncer about it. I like, I can't escape this song. This song follows me everywhere. Uh, <laughs> and Rona, Rona also pointed out that when it comes to the line, when I have her, they kind of looked, the, the people singing it looked at each other confused. views went, When I have her? <laughs> 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 Can is we. it the Less Than Jake version. No. I think is it, is it Less Than Jake or Real Big Fish that I cover. And they go, uh, When I have her, whatever the, that means
0: is
2: no, it in a sort of flower of scotland
0: i um, i have to i have to well i don't have to i'll play in a band and um with my tuba which I've had, I've had a request to play it live and for the sake of my neighbors and because we record these podcasts late at night that's not happening um the next time i next time I, um so we play 500 miles and it's a it's a wind band so I've got the bass line. So I literally for five minutes go dump, 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 <laughs> dub, uh, dubba, uh, dub, dump, one dump, one. dump, 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 dump. I, need, I keep, I keep, I keep I've, I've tried to argue that the for them to buy like me a loop. It. Well, I said I've I've tried to argue with the conductor to buy me a loop pedal so I can just play it once. Did
2: you said, biddy. I'm done. I'm, on, <laughs> right. I'm off to the bar for five minutes, lads. i oh, will see the other song." You can be like eighty cents guy, just like hold one note down and put your hand <laughs> off. <like> <laughs>
1: If if this hasn't been photoshopped already, it has to be done right now. Cami <laughs> in 80s gear playing a synth, just playing a single note. Oh, synth. A- synth hand tuba. of the air,
2: just draw. Brilliant.
0: <laughs> anyway. I, uh, I th-
2: Colby, Colby Smulders was born in Vancouver.
0: She was, but there's something to do with her being Scottish. I'm sure I've heard that. She might well, have Scottish parents.
2: Sm- Smulders is a Dutch name. She's got a Dutch dad or something like that.
0: She, uh, yeah, it was
2: it Campbell's Scottish, as you can possibly guess by the Campbell part. Yeah. Uh, she was also Canadian and quite attractive. It's worth
1: yeah. asking Ian where where, where was your uh, paper round in comparison to Kobe's? Because um, I never
2: had a paper round. I mean, it shows. The first job I got was in, in Sports Direct.
0: <laughs> I think that, I think so, that technically that's a paper round. Actually, <laughs> paid less. <laughs> <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> <laughs> you're
2: honestly so your shift would be like you'd be paid up until the when the shop shot, which was six o'clock. But you could not you weren't allowed to leave until the shop was tidy, and if the regional manager in, and sometimes the regional manager was being a complete dick. Uh, at one time, we didn't get like you only got paid up till six o'clock, and we didn't get to leave until quarter to eight. One night, It was like, "You can't leave until the shop's tidy." That's how that's how sports direct worked, and this is even before they brought in zero hours contracts. When I was getting paid, I, I was—I uh, I got a pay pay upgrade to four pounds an hour wow. rather than the three pounds sixty that other people were on. Um, it's, a, it's a huge pay rise I know massive, innit? It was it's Mike Ashley was looking after you.
1: You must have been was, his bestie.
0: You could have um, almost afforded a what what were it taking? So it would have taken you over three hours to get a to buy a set of Donny socks for a tennis. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you would, could have
1: bought, bought a Donny umbrella every hour.
2: Even even with the staff discount, you're talking over a day's shift to afford a football top. <laughs> That's mad Probably yeah worth every, every penny you, in and yeah. factor, and the fact, you get lunch and transport you know get the bus up would have been i think been 180 Back oh god back in the day eh? <laughs> there we go and on that note oh, on that round re- right. note of well, reminiscence nostalgic note
0: we'll uh we'll leave thank you to everybody who's joined us on facebook we're up to 14 people at one point hey. Hey. it's amazing i hadn't really made a big play but we'll make it uh, join us next week on our facebook page we'll, we'll do a proper Bit more of a, a build up to it now. We've got the technology working. We know how it works. Um, but this will this will be going out anyway as a normal podcast. If you want to listen back to it minus the uh, us watching the video because nobody wants to listen to that. No. it makes no I sense at all. I don't even want to listen to it. No, I, you didn't. I <laughs> <watch it. laughs> So so we'll be back next week with another podcast, uh, probably a bit of a, a round-up and wrap-up of the season, and then we'll be back on the 24th of July for our big club dinner to raise money for clubs in Scotland. Um, if you are a club, set up a virtual bar, send us your link. We'll try and get that up on the blog. Um, we're going to put links to how you can find who your local club is and how you can get in touch with them to send them some money. Um, and we'll also be asking you if you've got a bit of spare cash to donate some to My name's Doddy as well. Um, but for the moment... It is goodbye from me and goodbye from John, Ian, and Sandy.
2: Goodbye.
0: And I've stopped the live stream. That seemed to work. Good. That was a good test.